and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you have joined Kevin, Mickey, and me, Timothy, on what is truly a monumental day in the world of sports. That's right, kids. For just the 27th time ever, we have the North American Sports Equinox on our hands. All four of the major sports leagues in Canada and the United States are playing tonight. If you don't know them, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and of course, the Thursday nighter in the NFL, if you can call that a game these days. <laughs> Which, Mr. Mickey, would be amazing enough. But we also uh -huh. have yeah. two MLS games tonight. Oh, okay. And all seven Canadian teams are on the ice in the National Hockey League. And I realize I'm a bit of a research nerd, and maybe this is only interesting to me, but I have a tendency to dig a little deeper. This is the first time since April 22nd that all seven Canadian teams will hit the ice in the same night, causing the national sports highlight producers to piss people off with the order in which they run those highlights, but I digress. <laughs> It's a, Not, deep, it's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a deep cut for you. Yeah, yeah. Not only is this just the 15th time that all seven have played on the same night since 2019, but wait for it, kids. Keep waiting. This is the first time in the history of humanity that all seven Canadian teams have played in the midst of a sports equinox. <laughs> Bask in it. Uh, is this is this not one of the greatest sporting days in the history of mankind? It is. I mean, I'd say it's up there with one of the 27 greatest days in the history of mankind. Apparently, there's going to be like four more by the end of the weekend. <laughs> but, but today is the 27th time and the first ever where all seven Canadian teams are hitting the ice. The sports equinox is as crazy as dancing with an alligator. Wait a second. Hang on. We can't, we showed that one yesterday. We did. Yeah. We, how, how, about, how about this one? Okay, okay, okay. That's as crazy as dancing with a shark. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Different music choices for yeah. different animals. Uh -huh. I mean... I feel like Under the Sea would have been the appropriate music for this one. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> beyond the sea. Am I the only one cheering for Mother Nature in both those clips? Uh, I'm pretty sure Natural Selection will take care of that for yeah, you. I think so. Yeah, I was kind of sort of cheering yeah. for Mother Nature yeah. in both those clips. All right, here to celebrate the sports equinox with us today, of course, Kevin Mickey, Kenny Smith, Mark McMorris, Mike Fuda, and my good friend, and maybe the most well-rounded sports fan I know outside of Sid Sixero who watches absolutely everything. Cabral Richards will drop by in the final half an hour of this show as we get you set for a little curling on the network and a hell of a lot of hockey mm -hmm. as game day starts right here on Tim and Friends. That said, we kick off first things first with Kevin Mickey on the hardwood. hardwood. So let's do this Jonas Valanciunas. 
first things The sports equinox means the four major leagues are playing, so we're going to try to get to all four major leagues. Here we go. Right. Let's start it off. Let's start with basketball. Like Tim mentioned, the Raptors beginning their season. Well, they come from behind victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers, beating them 108-105. Toronto outscoring Cleveland 32-31 in the fourth Q. All five starters for the Raps scoring at least 15 points with Spicy P, Pascal Siakam leading the way with 23. Now, Tim, you never want to overreact to one game. That's right. I know that about yes. you. Yes. What are some things you like, though, and uh, what didn't you like? Yeah, it's a good way to go about this. I like this. Uh, okay, so here's here's what I liked from the Raptors' season opener. I liked the dominant fourth quarter, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and just how good and cohesive the starting unit looked in the first quarter and how good they looked coming back from eight down to begin the fourth quarter. I think it's fair to say they dominated the fourth quarter. Darius Garland was out for the Cavs, but I think it's fair to say they dominated the fourth quarter. I mean, Pascal was out for a decent chunk of the fourth, too, with, with Precious Chua coming in. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, superstars out on both sides. And all, so you're right. All five starters had 15 or more, as you mentioned. I yeah. love how OG let the game come to him. Mm -hmm. He didn't try and force it. Scotty Barnes, though he did have foul trouble as well. But he was really good, and I thought he let the game come to him and made himself... He went down with foul trouble in the third, and when he came back in the fourth, he felt like he was the difference. My guy is going to put up some triple doubles this year. That is, my, mm -hmm. that is my prediction of the year. Fred's the ultimate teammate and the ultimate pro. Uh, we can take him for granted because he is that good. And Pascal, man, those haters are going to have to work hard this year. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it felt like the Raptors hit the ground running, and they'll need to do that with a tough schedule. I like that Christian Colocolo, earn some real minutes and it'll be interesting to see who ends up with those minutes off the bench because I thought that Nick Nurse kind of rolled the dice to see who might give him some time mm -hmm. but what I didn't like is kind of related to that minutes stuff and what I didn't like was that the downside of the lack of bigs on the Raptors means that Pascal has to pay play real minutes um, down low Mm. Like, he, he will play minutes being worn down on yeah. defense by actual bigs that will make it tougher for him to play offense when it matters most late in games. And we've seen that in his history and in the playoffs. He needs help. The Raptors need to ease that burden. Those are tough minutes. How they do that I, remains to be seen. And the half-court offense is still kind of caca. I'm not talking about the Brazilian midfielder slash striker. Uh, I'll give it some time. And I know they build from defense out. But to me, that's what stands between the Raptors being good again and the Raptors being great. Ease the minute workload on Pascal Siakam and get that half-court offense, which Nick Nurse talked to us yeah. on media day about. Like, they have to improve that. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I saw the improvement in game one, but... It's a work in progress. I think it's valid to say I'm looking I, I what you didn't like because mm -hmm. it's going to be a very tough schedule early on. So yeah. how do you ease the burden when every game seems important early on? When the schedule yeah. is going to be as tough as it is playing in the Eastern Conference, like that Cavs team is going to, the Raptors going to be fighting with that team for playoff positioning, no yeah. doubt. Where do and you see the Raptors? It seems like they're going to be very similar to last year. Kind yeah. of that five fighting for four, likely not top three.
It right. seems like they'll be right, right in the thick of things. And right that in the middle. sixth line remains a part of a very interesting conversation yeah. in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. Uh, entire NBA is going to be extremely interesting. The Raps just one of 12 games last night, yeah. Timmy, in the association. Uh, I know you take in a lot every night. Give me five more important lines of the uh, night. You're because, speaking because to me now. You're, you're, you're watching yeah, a lot. You're speaking to me now. Yeah, Gladly. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll hit it in rapid-fire styles as quickly as I can. All right. So let's start in Miami. DeMar DeRozan, game one of year 14. He had 37 points, nine assists, and six boards as the Bulls open the season with an impressive dub over the Heat. That was game number 958 career for DeMar DeRozan. Pablo Boncaro played his first NBA game last night, and he had 27, nine rebounds, and five dimes, which is not only the first 25 and 25, 5, and 5. Uh -huh. 25, 5, and 25, 5. 5, and 5. In an NBA debut since LeBron James. But he did this to poor Corey no, Joseph in a four-point magic loss. No. Rebound, Wagner. Pitches it ahead to Bancaro. Bancaro going to take it, fly over the top of Joseph, and draw the foul. <laughs> young Put man. that on your highlight reel, wow. young fella. Oh, young fella. Uh, oh, Corey. It was a heel away from glory, really, Corey he, well, Joseph. Was, yeah. Yeah. And if the best Canadian point guard of all time, Steve Nash, can end up on a Ricky Davis poster, then it's okay for Corey Joseph to end up on a poster. He's playing defense. Leave him alone. Ben Simmons' debut? I don't know if you have to leave him alone. It wasn't <laughs> as good as Paolo's. Simmons had more fouls than points. Six fouls four points and was a minus 26 in a beatdown at home to New Orleans. And speaking of Bedekins, 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 Zion looked pretty good. First game in 17 months, he had 25 points, nine boards, four steals, and finally, finally, the Hawks' new backcourt of oh, DeJounte yeah. and Trey. Mm -hmm. Has a little ring to it, doesn't it? DeJounte and Trey. DeJounte and Trey. 43 points, 24 assists, and eight rebounds to go along with six steals and a win over Houston. I wonder if that's just the Rockets or if that's a big-time, big backcourt in Atlanta. Maybe even the best in the East. I will ask Kenny the Jet Smith coming up next segment right here on Tony Friends. That was a lot. Because, like I mentioned, I know that you're watching a lot. And, and you're we, drinking and it all we have the Equinox, so we've got to jam all four sports into this opening block. That's why I was happy you drove, drove through that really quickly. We're going to keep driving this bus right on to the NHL. And the Jets, the only Canadian team in action last night, beating the defending Stanley Cup champs, the Avalanche, 4-3 in overtime. Busy night on the ice tonight. Twelve games. We mentioned it. All seven Canadian teams. Four games on the Sportsnet family of channels. Timmy, what do you like tonight? Uh, I wrote a couple of things down about tonight's games, as you saw in my notes today, Kevin Kev. Uh, I think there are two things that need to happen soon. One, the Canucks win. Two, the Leafs just need to play a hockey game. Let's start with the Canucks and obviously becoming the first team in NHL history to lose four straight while holding a multi-goal lead in all four of them. Ain't that great. But Ian McIntyre wrote an interesting piece after talking to Jim Rutherford, who's kind of been there, done that, got the postcard on everything that you've ever seen in hockey, right? Mm -hmm. He said, and I quote, we've had too much of giving the game back instead of the opposing team earning it back. But I'm not totally surprised at what's happening. That's the interesting part. I'm not totally surprised at what's happening. 
I've talked about this since I came to Vancouver, and what I've seen with this team is we have good players here, but how do you become a winning team? It's about playing the game the right way and playing with good habits. Okay, so the players are re-signed. They kind of sort of just run it back in Vancouver. Yeah. Bruce Boudreau, or Bruce, there it is, is on a lame duck deal. And then you say, is, is that a hmm? Or I'm making too much out of it. It's, you're not making too much out of it. It's between a oh and a hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah I understand the distinction. Something like that. Yeah. Explain your distinction, but I understand it. I think it's not a flippant remark, right. Where you just dismiss it, but it's not something where you go, "Hang on a second, he's going to sell the farm. He's going to get rid of everybody here." No, it's but it's something. A, just something it's a learn. It's the, it's a, this team needs to learn to win. Yeah, and I, many people in Vancouver have been saying that as well. If the team needs to start winning. They need to do it now. Uh, Thatcher Demko. Uh, through three games, he's allowed 4.38 goals above expected. Yeah. That's, uh, so that's going to be a, that, that, a big that, thing moving forward. That We know he's better than that. Mm-hmm. And that might be the easiest thing for this team to fix. Now, whether or not it's because people are getting grade-A chances, and I know that goals expected is supposed to take that into account. But if Thatcher Demko just plays better... They win a couple of those games, and, and as not, we mentioned, we're not having this conversation. Yeah, and we're yeah. not having this conversation. And as we mentioned, the Pacific Division will allow them to win a few games this year, and it probably won't put them too far back from a playoff spot if they have another slow start. Being very nice talking about the Pacific. Yesterday it was the Pacific Division stinks. Yeah, it does. that's that's the main <laughs> point. Here. It does. And for the Leafs, uh, as I mentioned, I just think they need to play a hockey game. Like I, I thought that Monday's comment. After the loss to Arizona from Sheldon Keefe was nothing. I said as much on the show, and then our digital team kind of sort of cut it up. And it felt like, at least to me, that I was saying that the Leafs kids need to be more accountable. I don't think that that accountability comes with the media. And I don't know if a lot of people got that from me. I think the accountability comes on the ice and within the dressing room. But when we chop things up, we throw them out on the internet in like a 20-second clip, nuance is lost. Then I heard Sheldon Keefe today talking about the media being the problem, not him and the team. It felt like he was walking back the walk back, but I'll let you judge that for yourself. It's probably more a reflection of coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs and dealing with you all than anything, just to make sure that the way that I'm communicating is is more clear because the reaction to the comments was not what I was trying to communicate. So it's more so about managing the media than it is about managing the players. And I want to be clear, I don't think what he said on Monday meant anything other than if his elite guys score a couple, then they win the game against Arizona. I think accountability in life is 98% to yourself and your team only. I could care less about what the media says and or gets from from players and coaches. What's important is in the room. I've said that a thousand times out here with Jesse. I think sometimes what the media hears and what's said in the room are two completely different things. And what's important is what goes on in the room. And I mentioned that with the Toronto Blue Jays. But at times, we, the media, are trying to be the translators. And I think we do that more than others do. Mm -hmm. That said, what he just did was a mistake. 
because I know that there are others in the media in Canada who aren't the translators, who aren't like that, who are going to take something, shape it, and change it, and move it around. And it sounds like, to me, that he just blamed the media for something that nobody was all that worried about until he walked it back yesterday. Like, here's a tip for all athletes, coaches, bleep politicians as well. Just be honest with the media and by extension the fans. And then you don't have to walk back anything. It's when you try and massage and get cute with the media and with the fans that people start getting tired of you. Does that make some sense, Kevin? Oh, it makes tons of sense. I mean, a lot of the times when the guys and I are chatting and somebody will come back at you with a flippant comment or a remark, you say, oh, I'm the bleephole here. Oh, I'm the bleephole, <laughs> right. I see. Right. It's when it's not really the case. Right. And also, like, we have the post-game critique was critiqued by the player and then the walkback was critiqued by the fans, and then today's comment will be critiqued by someone else. They're just, just stop. Yeah. Everyone, just relax. But I think stop. that's I think that's what he's trying to say. I, honestly, if if I were to try and break it down, I think that's what Sheldon Keefe's trying to say. I would agree with you. But just stick by the original comment then. Yeah. And just say, all I'm, the guys know what I mean in the dressing room. It may not have come out that way to you guys, but I wasn't, I was just saying if our elite players score a couple goals, we win the game. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And I just, I wish there were more like that. So I got the Vancouver Canucks uh, getting their first win is the thing that intrigues me. I got the Toronto Maple uh -huh. Leafs just playing a game so they can get out from underneath this nonsense, walking back the walk back and the walk back and the walk back and the critique of the critique of the critique and the critique. <laughs> so I got those two things, and I can't wait to see Shane Pinto take on Alexander Ovechkin. Okay. Walk me through that one. Shane Pinto, Alexander Ovechkin? Yeah. Newest rivalry, planet Earth. You done know. I was a big said guy, just the way he played. I, I always, uh, I think my gamer tag back then at like Xbox was like Kate Ovechkin, like 11, 12. That's how much I was like on said side. You could ask all my buddies at home, they loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. So check out Shane Pinto versus Alexander Pinto Ovechkin. Pinto v Ovechkin, round one. Here we go. Fight. Uh, let's keep it going. As the Sports Equinox roundtable continues in the National <laughs> League of Baseball, the Padres evening the NLCS at one game apiece with an 85 win over the Phillies. The series shifting to Philadelphia game three tomorrow. And then in the American League, it was the Astros taking a 1-0 series lead thanks to their 4-2 dub over the Yankees. Justin Verlander looking real good, striking out 11 over six innings of work. So Game two tonight, Sportsnet 1 and East Timmy. We had talked about the ALCS being the real world series. We've seen both series start now. Do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the Astros are better than everybody else. And I know that a lot of people don't agree with me right now, but I'm not going to back away from that. And I thought Justin Verlander having a shaky start uh, afforded an opportunity to the Yankees that they couldn't take advantage of because the Astros are just better than everyone else. And they need to be. I honestly think that they need this World Series more than anyone else. I know San Diego spent a lot at the deadline, and they could rationalize all that with the championship. The Astros have the most on the line because there is a huge scarlet letter around their mm -hmm. World Series championship. Yeah. Six straight trips to the ALCS. They need to vanquish the Yankees who are pissed off that they cheated against them. And they need to capture a World Series title to make sure that that one series, World Series title, that one with the scarlet letter, the one that they cheated on their way to, isn't the only one that they have. Game two tonight. 
Sportsnet 1 and East. Let's round out the sports equinox as we keep this combo going. Week 7 of the NFL season goes tonight. And after a couple of, let's say, lack. Luster, yeah, you can say it. Say it. Say it. Lackluster. They were, they were not Poopy. Caca. Yeah. They were bleepy. <laughs> Tonight's, uh, it's pretty important. The two and four Saints in Arizona to face the two and four Cardinals. Tim, are we finally going to get a good Thursday nighter? Uh, I think so. Um, it seems like these are two when they're on dynamic offenses. Mm-hmm. It's a big game for both. Bigger for who? Probably the Cardinals. Uh, Hopkins back probably helps this offense so, yeah. and makes the minus two and a half seem like maybe a favorable line for yeah. the Cardinals. Is but it a trap? I don't know. It, it, is it just me or is was there a Call of Duty release date this week? What a, what a side story to this main event <laughs> that we have here in football this evening. So here's how it went. Call of Duty, yeah. the, the new Call I'm of Duty of game. For, I'm more of a Fortnite guy. As we've we saw, you're a yeah. Battle yeah. Royale winner. Yeah, yeah. My son, more of a, a COD guy. Okay, so you're, uh, me, your son, more of a Fortnite probably guy. familiar, that next Friday, the new Call of Duty comes out. However, today, yeah. Thursday the 20th, if you pre-ordered the game, you could get access to it. So, that happened at midnight, this past midnight. <laughs> so, Kyler Murray, a lot of people have gone down a rabbit hole wearing the tinfoil hats. Yeah. They've said... That when there's a double experience points weekend, 2 XP, he has a worse record (laughs) when there's actual video game stuff going on than when there isn't. Right. And people have gone down the rabbit hole to try and figure this stuff out. But, so obviously uh, Kyler Murray, big COD guy, not a big Fortnite guy. And the whole thing about his contract and having to study, this centers around this meme that started this idea that his numbers on Call of Duty weekends are worse than his numbers yes. when there is no double XP weekends. That's correct. And there there have been people who, so before the season, yeah. there were some analyses done by some Reddit users, uh, and it's tough to look at it and say, well, maybe maybe they're right about something here. As I have it on my screen here, Kyler Murray's passer oh, rating on that. non-2 XP weekends is better than on 2 XP weekends. <laughs> All right, well, we'll there, see. We'll see if it works tonight because so, he would have got the beta. He, he absolutely got that pre-order, and you have to believe he's been playing it as often as he can, right up until he had to go to work today. So you think he's up at midnight with the diaper on playing Call of Duty? <laughs> a thousand percent. Right. Still to come, my old friend Cabby will join me in the studio. We'll talk some hockey with Mike Futa. All seven Canadian teams in action tonight. Plus, I'll talk to Canadian snowboarding legend Mark McMorris, but up next, Kenny the Jet Smith. We break down a busy opening week in the National Basketball Association. Tim and friends celebrating the sports equinox. Yes. Burakovsky stepping. Rick made the full split save. Holy jump and what a save. Pena lifts oh. one in the air. Deep left field. And Jeremy Pena sends one out of here. Lost the Reddish has it, throws it ahead to Brunson. Brunson goes inside, lay a block from behind. Oh, what a block from Kyle Moran. Here comes Moran the other way. Lobs it in and Clark throws it down. Moran magic here in overtime. It both ends of the floor.
Every sports equinox to you and yours. All four major sports leagues in North America will be in action tonight. Just two in the NBA as a part of the NBA on TNT double dip following 12 in the league last night. Here to help us sort the fact from the fiction is one of the stars of the NBA on TNT, old school friend of the show, Kenny the Jet Smith. To quote Rakim, Kenny, it has been a long time. How you doing, my friend? Can you hear me, Kenny? I hear you well now. All right. How you doing? It's been too long. It's been way too long, man. It's almost been like I, I almost grew an afro. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. We almost, we almost, I'm not trying to blow some smoke here. Uh, I try not to do that. But inside the NBA and the NBA on TNT, best sports show on TV, and most of us in the business wish we were a part of something like that. I heard the entire crew has re-up, signed long-term extensions. Kenny, congratulations, my dude. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. If it wasn't for these segments that I do with you, they weren't going to re-sign me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if such is the case, my friend. I do not know if such is the case. So everything's good, though? You guys are, you guys are happy you're re-upped, and one of the best shows that I've ever seen is going to continue? Yeah, continue for a long time. We'll be we'll be uh, some old we're old men now, but we'll be some really old men when we're done with this deal. Uh, you know, talking basketball. Our kids' kids might be playing by the time we're finished with this. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, part of the reason why I love you on Inside the NBA is because you bring the level-headed approach while unnamed dudes around you burn it down. So I feel like after one game for almost everybody, we get that overreaction because, well. That's 2022. So can we rifle through some of these overreactions and you can tell me if anything's there? Well, um, an overreaction in what? In what part again? If, if I give you a bunch of the overreactions that we're hearing right now, can you tell me if something's oh, there go. or not? So I'll, let's go. All right, let's, let's start in the home of the NBA on TNT, Atlanta, Georgia. The Hawks have struggled for relevance for a while, but... DeJounte and Trey has a nice ring to it. They combined for 43, 24 assists in game one. Was that just an easy opponent in the Rockets, or could this be the best backcourt in the East? Oh, whoa, 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 overreaction. <laughs> overreaction. <laughs> All right. Not yet, not, 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 not yet. Because I think the one thing that we haven't seen this backcourt, and we, we're gonna, they're going to be tested against the side, uh, because they're both smaller players in terms of um, physicality, not, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, you know, guys who could overmatch you with their physicality. So when they play against guys who can do that, the Donovan Mitchells and Darius Garland's of the league, well, Donovan Mitchell, really, we'll see if those type of guys have big nights against them. Understood. Okay. Zion looked good. I heard some people after game one, dark horse MVP legit or pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on the MVP, uh, but don't pump it on All-Star. I think this is, uh, you know, what he does, what makes him so great to me is his fact that he's able to handle the basketball with that size and girth. Uh, he's able to get to area of the floor. He doesn't have to be a three-point shooter like no. All right, I think we just lost Kenny. I think we just lost. We just lost Kenny. Uh, he froze on his right as he was about to say a three-point shooter like, and then it went out. 
Yeah. Uh, looks like we got yeah. Kenny back. So let's 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 re, let's reform. You were talking about what Zion Williamson does well. Kenny, can you hear me? And it looks like you're back. Yeah. Well, his ability to handle the basketball. Right. You know that makes him different. So he doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. Uh, he can get to the rim. He can make things happen, and he can draw fouls. He's a a throwback player, uh, and he might be the you know how how Steph Curry changed the game. Yeah. Going outside in, he might be able to change it going back inside out. That's amazing. Uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, the team that they played, the Nets looked terrible, beat down at home. <laughs> ben Simmons had more fouls than points. Uh, they started in the fire. Do all these pieces make it to Christmas together, Kenny? With Brooklyn or? Brooklyn. Yes, because I, I think that they have to kind of go through the process uh until, you know, through Christmas, for sure. They have to go through that process because you have a guy with Ben Simmons who's been an all-star but hadn't played basketball in a year, uh, not only just mentally but physically as well. You know, his back was hurting, physical, you know, so physically he's hurting and mentally he was hurting. So he's got to get, you know, 20 games under his belt before we even know what he is. All right. Paolo looked good against the Pistons. Is that your rookie of the year? I think, without question, he's going to have the most opportunity. Yeah, the ball is in his hand. They need a scorer in Orlando. They don't have a guy who could um, kind of create their own shot with with size. Uh, most of the guys who can do that, you know, the Cole Anthony's when he's healthy and those kind of guys, they're smaller. So for him, uh, on the wing position, he is the front runner for rookie of the year. All he has to do is stay healthy. All right, so we watched the Raptors last night look real impressive with their starting five on the floor. They dominated, and albeit with Garland out of the lineup for the Cavs, uh, there was some foul trouble that Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes were in. Hopefully we haven't lost Kenny again. It looks like he's back. But we haven't seen NBA teams win without MVP-type guys on the floor. Are the Raptors good enough to be like the Pistons of the early 2000s? Yeah, you just said it, the Pistons. Yeah. You know, that team, you know, I think I watched the Raptors for some reason. I got to see them play in the preseason like three or four times, and they totally surprised me in terms of uh, the development of about three or four players. We know Pascal has developed, but uh, OG has developed into a really solid player. Uh, Barnes. Uh, has, has really, you know, developed into uh, another high-level talent. These Both of those guys could be all-stars over Siakam and, and Van Fleet. You know, those guys are, you know, super impressive. So between Barnes and OG, I, I, I was surprised how much they developed in the offseason from year to year. So Toronto Raptors are, are dark horse to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You really think that, Kenny? Because it, it seems to me, and listen, when Kawhi came here, it changed my mind on needing that superstar because DeMar DeRozan obviously is a great player, and he couldn't get them over the hump. Now, that hump included LeBron James in the Eastern Conference, but I, I, I thought that bringing Kawhi in and what he was able to do when it mattered most showed me that you need that absolute dog, that absolute superstar on the team. But... The Pistons are to the win model. A championship. We're talking about getting to the Eastern Conference Finals or winning a championship, two different things. Right. Uh, but I think that they have enough talent to, uh, you know, to continue. 
contend with Boston, to contend with right. uh, Philadelphia, to depend with Brooklyn. Uh, they have enough talent, which I would not have said last year. Um, but the development of those guys in the early going, just being able to watch them, in, you know, in the preseason. And you're saying, well, it's preseason, but there are things that they couldn't do before. They couldn't shoot the three with the proficiency that they shot. Right. They couldn't handle the ball. So it doesn't matter if it's preseason or not. You're shooting the basketball. Right. You know, you're, you're handling the basketball. So I saw those things, and I was like, wow, that was impressive. Uh, I appreciate and understand the distinction between Eastern Conference Final and winning a championship, <laughs> and I love it, and that's why I love having you on the show. I, I got to ask you, the double dip tonight, Bucks and Sixers, Clippers and Lakers, are you a fan of The Office with Stephen Carell, or is that just a white folk show? No, The Office Stephen Carell, without question, that's just that's a great show. That's like saying, yeah, is Sanford and Son is a black show? No, right. it isn't. And it wasn't. All right, it was I, I, I had to ask. I did pass it by. The Jeffersons, is, those are just great shows. Just great man. shows. This is great. I love The Office, and I passed it by a brother who is a friend of mine, to ask him if that was a white folk show. And he said, hell yeah, that's a white well, folk show. Well, let me tell, tell you, tell him this. <laughs> yes. Greatness, greatness has no color. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kenny. So Michael Scott, <laughs> once famously in the show, played basketball. And someone put his free throw side by side with Giannis. Is this fair or is this one of those overreactions? No, that's not an overreaction because Giannis is trying to do anything to make a free throw for sure. I didn't see that. I need that, man. I got to find that on the internet. That might come up on TNT tonight. <laughs> that's hilarious. No even, question. Even the release, Kenny. Even the, the release. release. Everything. They, put it like this. Giannis, he does a lot of great things in basketball. Shooting free throws is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> this was so good, and I thought to myself, man, it can't end the same. And yet, oh my God. check the Tell release. your friend to bench watch The Office, man. Tell him to get, get up on his uh, <laughs> on his brain. All right. You may know him, by the way. And finally, <laughs> someone asked Kawhi if he watched the Lakers opener, and he responded in what I believe uh -huh. to be remarkably Kawhi fashion. Have a listen, Kenny. Definitely watch it. Just being a champion. <laughs> I don't watch basketball like that anyway. So yeah. Whoever we play, I'll see the film, but I'm, I'm pretty much not watch the games on TV. Okay, so my question to you, Kenny, is: What do you think Kawhi watches? The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's a CSI guy, but like one of the lesser known CSIs, like CSI Albuquerque, but I, I may hey, be but wrong. You know, hey, shout out to CSI. <laughs> the crazy thing you said that. My daughter just got picked up again. She's LL Cool J's daughter on NCIS LA. There you go. There you go. She's his daughter. She plays his daughter on the show. How crazy you mentioned that. That's crazy. I have no idea. I, w I won't mention the 90-day fiancé. I will leave that out because hopefully no, none no. of your family members end up a 90-day fiancé. No, no, we don't <laughs> want that one. Hey, one last question for you because this was maybe the biggest overreaction after game one. The Lakers are a tire fire. Yeah, that's the biggest overreaction. I mean, 
they're going to have to figure out a lot of things, but I think their personnel roster they have to figure out. I don't even know if they know who their best players are after the, the three guys, you know, LeBron, Westbrook, and, and AD. If, I mean, think about this. If those three guys score 30 points each, that's only 90 points. You're not going to win a game right. with, with 90 points. So they don't, they don't have eight guys that I could point to like a Golden State when you go, oh, Kaminga's coming in the game. He might get you 20. Oh, Weissman might get you 15 to 20. Oh, Poole is going to get you 30. Like, you don't have anyone on that team that has proven that that they can do that. And that's when you thought about the Raptors before, you know, Siakam, you was like he would come in the game and come in for Kawhi when he wasn't a starter. You know, guys who can really get it done. Right. They don't have any of that. Right. Kenny, uh, I missed you. I missed your scent, even though I don't think we've ever been in the same room together. Uh, I'm glad that you have re-upped until being an old man at TNT. Have a great show tonight. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Rich old man. (laughs) (laughs) Again. (laughs) Kenny the Jet Smith, everybody. You can see him tonight on the NBA on TNT. I appreciate you. And hopefully on a better feed. Coming up, we've already talked basketball, hockey, baseball, and football on this sports equinox. So why not add in a little snowboarding? That's right. Mark McMorris will join us to discuss his role as a Movember ambassador and whether he's got another Olympic tonight. The answer is interesting. What's next? Our next guest is one of the most decorated athletes in snowboarding history. Three Olympic medals, 21 X Game medals, and four U.S. Open championship wins, ladies and gentlemen, from somewhere in the Swiss mountains. It's Mark McMorris. Mark, thanks so much for doing this. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. You're here as a Movember ambassador. It's a campaign that is usually associated with prostate and testicular cancer awareness, but Movember is expanding its reach and you're spreading the message to be a dote, decentist of all time. What does that mean to you, decentist? Yeah, um, very honored to be a part of this campaign and surrounding men's mental health, which isn't really talked about enough. And um, if you're not the best, might as well not even try. That stigma is out the window. You know, it's like it's okay to just be okay at something or just be decent, you know, Um, and it will have a positive effect on your mental health, like just getting out there and staying active and, and whatever sort of sport you like to do or activity um, you don't need to be the greatest to uh, come out with a positive effect from it all no hobbies are good hobbies are good self-care obviously a big aspect of mental health what are some of the ways that you make sure to stay on top of your self-care and and by virtue your mental game there's a lot of things you can do but things that kind of resonate with me it's doing things that slow you down, you know, like go like paint, read a book, do yoga. Those are kind of things that like, yeah, maybe you don't like do them all the time. But um, if you can get in a routine of like getting exercise, stretching, you know, trying to eat healthy, all those kind of self-care things are so overlooked in in the men's department. So um, that's kind of what we're trying to raise awareness for. 
Yeah, it's a great idea. And listen, you're no stranger to putting your body on the line, suffering multiple injuries, including a serious one 11 months before the 2018 Olympics. Uh, the body has to heal. The mental aspect is so important, too. What helped you find the right state, not just to heal your body, but also that you could heal your mind, too, Mark? Yeah, that's a good question. And I always do say this as you um, set aside time to like work on mobility or even just breathing or meditation, yoga, all these things. That was in the end what cleared my mind and what helped me get over the fears of doing what I do again and um, dealing with that like sort of downness that comes with major, major injury. Um, so finding time to do other things, um, to take care of yourself and do those awesome things that we overlook. And then you start realizing as you do that and focus on that and your body heals, your mind is healing as well. And um, I think that became very evident in my rehabilitation from that injury. Yeah, I've done the meditation too. And you've mentioned yoga a couple times now, so it must have made some sort of impact. What did it do for you as an athlete to get into yoga and, and as a person? Yoga for me personally um, helps slow me down when I'm like moving too fast or, but then on top of all that, it's so good for your body. And I, I beat my body up like crazy. So to have the mobility and learn the breath work and how to expand your your ribs and your lungs and all of that has really been super important for my sport and to have longevity and um, yeah, be able to bounce back from those injuries. And yeah, it's just a time of peace. You're not thinking about anything else. You're working on your breath and you're not worrying about your next uh, interview or call or whatever. Well, hopefully this interview isn't too bad. Uh, we, we always hear that snowboarding is a young person's sport, yet you become the elder statesman and you continue to thrive. Yoga or not, how are you keeping up with these young pups on tour in snowboarding? Well, I really do enjoy it. And um, the passion really seeps through and my drive to be the best I can be definitely comes into play. Um, it definitely doesn't get any easier to do well, but um, I'm having fun pushing myself and still um, on podiums if if not winning. And uh, some some weeks are good, some weeks are bad. Uh, but it's it's such a fun thing to chase, and I really do enjoy it. And there's so many other sides to snowboarding that I really spend a lot of time in, and um, also just being able to be where I'm at and have this career and be able to. Um, give back to the community in different ways um, and just share the sport of snowboarding. And um, yeah, it's, it's a dream come true. Um, and I'm not getting any younger, but I think, I think I got another Olympics in me. Ah, nice. Another Olympics. I like it. You, you always seem to be on the move. Like you're pushing yourself with other projects, getting you into Hollywood now, film projects three in 2022 how the heck did that start and are you enjoying that phase of your life um i think snowboarding the filming aspect's always been a huge part of it and i've had a lot of neat opportunities to do commercials or go on episodes of letter kenny or do all these things around the film industry but um mainly just working towards like putting out amazing snowboarding films and 
we do a lot of behind the scenes work and different projects with Red Bull and things like that and Burton snowboards. So it's been, it's been super fun. And I think there's lots to look forward to and, um, spending more time in the back country and making films is, uh, something that's really uh, intriguing to me and I've only had a little taste of it. So I look forward to what all that brings. Nice. Makes sense. Uh, it's not really winter yet in Canada. It's starting to feel like it. How are you preparing for uh, the upcoming snowboard season? Are, are you in form yet? Yeah. So we come over to Europe, spend time on the glaciers here. They get going quite early. Um, they're very high up and they their their glaciers are massive so there's total um snowboard and ski training going on in austria and switzerland so we we hang out here and then the world cup season kind of kicks off this fall and um into early december where there's a world cup in canada and edmonton which i plan to be at and yeah, there's there's lots uh, lots of training to do beforehand, but I'm looking forward to getting another season going. All right, I'll show along. We've been talking about this sports equinox with games happening in the NHL, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball tonight. As a sports fan, what are you excited to watch at this time of year when you got all this good stuff going on? Um, when I come back from Europe, I'm going to go watch my friend who is uh, a new. New York Jet, um, oh, coming over from the Bengals, CJ Uzama. Um, I'm going to watch him on the six in New York. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I don't necessarily go for teams. I go for my friends, whoever's playing where. Obviously, like Mitch and Morgan and Austin, I love watching them. I like to see them succeed in Toronto. Um, I've had lots of fun times with McDavid. I love to see him and his boys do well. I just really go for my friends. Um, I'm really excited. NHL's on. NBA's here. NFL's here. It's exciting times. It is exciting times. Well, you always have a lot of friends here at Tim and Friends. Thank you for your time and all that you're doing with this initiative. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. Fun times with McDavid. I'd love to see you. All right, listen. For those of you watching on Sportsnet West and 360, the Grand Slam of Curling is coming up next. Draw 11 from the Tour Challenge in Grand Prairie, Alberta. Everyone else, Tim and Friends, continues on Sportsnet with Cavi and Mike Fuda as we get you set for a busy night in the NHL. You're allowed to flip to Sportsnet and watch us. In fact, I could use the ratings. Time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two, Tim and friends, along with Kevin Mickey, or half hour to be exact. We're with you for another 30 minutes ahead of Hockey Central on Sportsnet East and Pacific and the Leafs pregame show on Sportsnet Ontario. Tis a very busy night in the NHL with all seven Canadian teams in action. Four games on the Sportsnet family of channels. We've also got a baseball game on the network. That's right, game two. ALCS between the Yankees and the Astros can be seen on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet East, starting with MLB Central at 7 Eastern. Got it good, and since you understood, with all that, it gives me great pleasure to introduce a friend who is one of the rare folks out there that just loves sports, period. His name 
is Cabral Richards. Happy Sports Equinox to you, my friend. Thank you very much, Tim McAuliffe. You look wonderful. I'm great. Today I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be a disgusting pig because I'm going to consume <laughs> about 8,000 calories watching. <laughs> 10 games or so tonight, <laughs> like here at the office. Right, so I know you are uh, head of the SN Bets Collective. There's, yes, yeah. And uh, <laughs> have you guys got into the uh, the, uh, the the sports equinox yeah. that I've been talking about the entire show? What is one of the rare occasions on, on earth. Yes, we, we're all in. I mean, with the four games, this is amazing, and it only happens a few times yeah. a year. 27 times in the history of time, and this is the first ever I did the digging with the help of the SN Stats crew. Yeah. But I did the digging. Salute first to Steve ever time sports equinox with all seven Canadian teams playing on the same night. Do we have all seven Canadian teams play uh, hockey games? Really, we, we, if we don't have all seven, we have like six of the seven. No, they're all, all on, our on, our, on our We got network. four. Yeah, yeah. We got four. four. Okay, we got dope. four right dope. here on uh, on Sportsnet. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have do you have like a parlay going with that? Yeah. So um, like we don't do parlays that often. Right. But since it, this is a momentous occasion, yeah, it we is felt a momentous like we would, occasion. We would lean in, and we're going to start with baseball. Yeah. All right. Framber Valdez follows SN bets, so we're rooting for our dude Framber <laughs> Valdez. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we're going straight like. Uh, I was going to say Astros. Rockets, yeah. Astros. Yeah. Astros on the money line. Also, he's a superior pitcher than Luis Severino. Maybe sprinkle on the Nerfie, which oh. is no runs in the first inning. Okay. So, Astros. Yes. Then we're going to go under in the football game. Even though D-Hop is returning for okay. Arizona. Okay. Uh, when is Cod? Cod comes out on. <laughs> Cod I mean, comes out next week. I mean, it, it kind of came out today. Yeah, kind so, of sort of beta version, 1 p.m. Some nerd told yeah, us. Yeah, if you, if you pre-ordered it, some guy tweeted it and said you got it at 1 p.m. today. Okay, and you so, know you know Kyler pre-ordered. You know, well, Kyler doesn't need to pre-order. They're going to they're going to send him like <laughs> yeah, a whole, right. like a locker okay. with. The, okay, so under in the football game. Under in the football game, uh, even though D-Hop is back, um, and then in the basketball game, I know this is so. This is such a chalky pick. But like Kawhi's quads, dude. (laughs) Quadzilla returns. Okay. Clippers and. Oh, there we got it. We got it. And then right up top, going over in the Sabres. I lean Sabres only because they played very well so far. I mean, first game, Ottawa 4 1, but like. Florida and um, uh, Edmonton. Edmonton, yep. thank you. Yeah, they, they won on the road yeah, in Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. This might be an emotional letdown for the Flames because they have Carolina in their next game. You know, in football, we always like that expression, look-ahead games. Yeah. This could be a look-ahead look ahead game for the Flames. So I'm going with over. We are going over six and a half goals. Okay. We want some action, Tim Speaking McAuliffe. Speaking of look-ahead, yeah. Cabral, we always want. Never mind. All right, kids. <laughs> We have mentioned several times all seven Canadian teams in action tonight. So we're going to look ahead, get you caught up to date on everything you need to know, starting with the Stars and the Leafs, a game you can see on Sportsnet Ontario. Sean McKenzie standing by live, listening to all this. Scotiabank Arena. And Sean, there's a little trauma surrounding the Leafs following that 4-2 loss to the Coyotes on Monday night. What's the mood around the rink tonight? Just a little bit of drama. There's no... (laughs) moment in Leafs Nation when things aren't just a little bit dramatic. I would say that the mood around the team is tense but understanding. And understanding in the sense that they're not trying to downplay this situation. They're not saying, what are you guys talking about? This isn't a big deal. No, they know that they have to bounce back. That They know that that performance against the Arizona Coyotes was not acceptable. They aren't happy about it. Um, 
tense because things have been a little bit weird. Yes, we're only four games in, but there's a reason for it to be tense. You just look at chronologically what has happened. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Sheldon Keefe called them out after game one. Matt Murray goes down with an injury. Jake Muzzin is now injured. You lose to the Arizona Coyotes. And then there was the whole, let's call it a debacle in the last, you know, 48, 72 hours. Uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, looking like he called out his top players and then walking it back a little saying he used the wrong words maybe and then he addressed it again today saying that he didn't feel the need to meet with his players for them he felt he needed to meet and clarify things and manage the media and, and kind of clear the air there so it's confusing it's tense it's a little bit all over the map the good news for the Leafs though and some people might say well it's not good news they're going up against the Dallas Stars who are 3-0 and and are red hot right now but this team does have a history of bouncing back after losing to bad teams by beating good teams so that might be a little bit of a way for things to calm down but there is tension and all eyes are on the Maple Leafs to see how they respond. Thanks, Shawnee. Appreciate you as always, and you look sharp. Let me tell you that much. In the nation's capital, the Senators are looking for their second straight win as they host the Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin scoring his first two goals of the season of the Caps 6 4 win over the Canucks on Monday. However, Washington will be shorthanded for this one. Former Senator Connor Brown suffering a lower body injury in that game. He is out long term. While Evgeny nets off, serving what should have been more than a one game suspension for high sticking. Kyle Burroughs, but is a one-game suspension. The Canadians continue their four-game homestand as they take on the Coyotes, coming off their 3-2 overtime win against the Penguins on Monday. Montreal, a perfect 2-0 at the Bell Centre so far this season. And Jake Allen back in net for the Habs after the birth of his third child, Sam Montembeau, got the last two starts. The Canucks wrap up their season-opening five-game road trip in, excuse me, let's go to Edmonton where the Oilers continue their opening six-game homestand. Edmonton have lost two straight while welcoming the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes to Rogers Place, which is where we find our own Gene Principe to tee up the game. Oh, Gino! Tim, it has not quite been the start the Edmonton Oilers were expecting. Only one and two on the season. Yes, I know it's only three games in, but I think expectations are so high after the Oilers made it all the way to the Western Conference Final last season. Tonight, as they look to even up their record at two and two in a game against the Carolina Hurricanes, Jack Campbell gets back in net for a first time since he was pulled early in a game on Saturday night against the Calgary Flames. You can always find positives in anything, and for me, it was just working on um, some details and having a couple of really, really good days of practice. So that's what we did, and uh, ready to get in there tonight. When you meet him, he's just uh, this really nice guy, just uh, so friendly. And then when you're on the ice with him, you see how competitive he is and, and how much he pushes himself and wants to be uh, the best version of himself. So uh, excited to, uh, to have him in that tonight. Zach Hyman going on to joke about the fact he has good friends in net for both teams tonight, of course, Campbell on the part of the Oilers. At the other end of the ice will be Freddie Anderson for the Carolina Hurricanes. Tim, a former Leaf goaltender at one end of the ice tonight, will end up victorious at Rogers Place. Thank you very much, Gino. Let's keep things rolling by heading down to Calgary, where the 3-0 Flames are hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Cabby's sprinkling on this one. You can see it at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. in Alberta. Sportsnet 360. Ryan Leslie with more from Scotiabank Saddledome. Ryan. Tim, great to be with you once again. Hey, look, the Calgary Flames are rolling right now, and they want to keep things going. 
tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. They're not taking them lightly. They know how dangerous they can be when they saw them beat the Oilers on Tuesday. But Calgary, after wins over Colorado and Edmonton and Vegas to start this season, feel very confident in their game especially when they're getting uh, contributions up and down the lineup. Their fourth line last game against the Golden Knights was absolutely brilliant, doing everything they were asked. And on that line, Kevin Rooney, Brett Ritchie, and Milan Lucic. Lucic expected to play in game number 1,100 in his career, if you can imagine. Certainly, that is a milestone worth celebrating, no doubt. Now, as far as the lineup news is concerned, Noah Hannafin missed his second straight day at practice, but is listed as probable to go tonight, according to Daryl Sutter, and not tipping his hand, but expect to see Jacob Markstrom between the pipes for Calgary. And speaking of Daryl Sutter, he did have a light moment today when asked what goal song he would have and that would play after he scored a goal. He thought about it for a moment, and he said, probably uh, Sunday morning coming down, a song made famous by Johnny Cash after a... Good night out, Tim. <laughs> yeah. is, Johnny Cash is very Daryl Sutter. Uh, oh, a thousand percent. A hundred thousand percent. The Canucks wrap up their season opening five game road trip in Minnesota, looking for a win. Brutal start for Calgary. Obviously, who are still looking for that first win after falling 4 3 in overtime to the Blue Jackets on Tuesday. This game can be seen nationally on Sportsnet Pacific, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And finally, the Jets are back in action tonight, taking on the Golden Knights in Vegas. Winnipeg coming off a 4-3 overtime win against the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche last night. David Riddick expected to make his Jets debut tonight between the pipes. So all seven games all seven Canadian teams, Tim McAuliffe, Cabral Richards, Kevin Mickey with you. And I wasn't exactly thrilled when they won the college show, Tim and Friends. I thought, honestly, that they were just trying to save on graphics money. But <laughs> it fits here. Joining us from the NHL on Sportsnet, former Henry Carr Crusader and AGM on two cup winners, whatever. Mike Feuda, what's going on, Mike? How are you, buddy? Nice resume. Holy smokes, Tim. You look great. Thank you, Wait, wait, you're surprised by that? Yeah, you do seem a little surprised by that, Michael. No, the last time I was on, he had a perm. (laughs) (laughs) I had the what? I had had a perm. perm. Man, that must have been in 1985. (laughs) That's what he's trying to say. And Cabby, Cabby, it's great to see you. A huge fan. I used to love watching. uh, I'll forever remember your interviews with Kobe Bryant and uh, the bonds you had. Just special stuff. Watched you, you and Jerry D interview athletes forever. Thank you very Fun much. Story. You're very kind. Appreciate uh, you. He is. He is very kind. He's a good dude, Mike. Yes. Suda. All right. So, Mike, being that good dude, and being that you spent a lot of time in Los Angeles, I gotta ask you about the back and forth with Sheldon Keefe and the media in Toronto, and walking it back, and then walking back the walk back. Is this something that actually affects the team? Because to me, it's just like kind of sort of noise and if you're good in the room you're good in the room but when the players are asked about it does it can it can it actually make a difference on what we see on the ice I think they're professionals and have to block it out going to Los Angeles Tim you have to go back our coach was the guy that just picked that goal <laughs> theme song in Calgary so I don't think he had very much problem with no, he the wasn't media. worried about that no <laughs> center wasn't too worried about rolling back anything he said but I just think there's just so much it's Toronto obviously you know, the Blue Jays have a tough finish this season. Everybody's excited about their Leafs. And then, in fairness, you know, they got bounced in the first round after having a really nice run last year. And everybody says the regular season doesn't matter, and they made the regular season matter last year. You know, they had a great run against Tampa Bay. You can see 
the patience on the coaching staff wants people to work a little bit harder. And I was at that game the other night. It was hard to watch. Uh, their best players kind of went through the motions. And for a team that has so much at stake early in the season, uh, you want to see a better team effort than that. Now, I'm sure Sheldon might want to call it back. But what he said was perfectly, perfectly honest. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. in the Toronto market, he found the need to roll it back. I didn't think there was any need to roll it back. I thought everything he said was perfectly dang on. And the team's got to play better because tonight with Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot in yeah. town and a bunch of Ontario natives, they're gonna, if they roll out that effort that they did the other night against uh, Arizona, it'll be a long one. Are the stars real? Yeah, and I mean, adding those two as coaches, no no respect, disrespect to bonus, but those two guys have coached in more playoff games than probably any tandem in hockey over the last 10 years. Plus, they've got some good young talent, and in fairness, what they didn't have in, New <laughs> in Las Vegas on their last trip, they arguably got, you know, when you start talking about Vasilevsky and his playoffs and, you know, the Shesterkin, this Ottinger seems like he's yeah. for real. So when, I know he's not playing tonight. But you give those guys the way they coach that kind of goaltending and some stars up front that have been kind of underperforming, uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, the Flames are off to their best start since the last time Daryl Sutter was there. Uh, it's 2009, 2010. <laughs> wow. so, so what, What? I mean, listen, this was an offseason from, I don't know, hell and then heaven for the Calgary Flames. How, how does Sutter get this team off to such a quick start after so many changes? It's just the accountability demands. And, I mean, he can wear on you, but it's uh, I think he's even adjusted and he starts to wear. I mean, we were, I was fortunate to get to pick his brain a little bit. We had our Stanley Cup reunion over the summer, and he's a special guy. I mean, he's intense. That's probably an understatement, but I think you got to tip your cap to Brad Treloving, who, uh, when, you know, he was looking in a pretty rough state there, losing to Chuck and Goudreau, and, and the deals that he was able to pull off to allow this team to kind of re... I mean, nobody wants a rebuild. I'll tell you, Daryl Sutter's not coaching a rebuild team, so he kind of revamp them and you know you add Kadri, Uyghur, Huberdo to the mix you got to get Markstrom back on it looks like he's willing to give Ladar I think some more starts he uh, and Tree I guess up and he got another two years for Ladar today and it's just a commitment to defense they're hard to play against they're mean there's a commitment but you add a guy like Nazan Kadri he he replaces some of that bite and that fight that they lose into Chuck I just love the makeup of their team all right, I know you got to know Daryl Sutter in Los Angeles. Another human being that you know pretty well is Jack Campbell. Tell me about what you've seen from him in Edmonton and where he needs to be. Well, you're not going to find a nicer guy, and sometimes that works against you when you're being honest, critiquing your own play. But, you know, he instantly became a fan favorite and a teammate favorite because in Los Angeles, he comes to Toronto, he does a wonderful job. Now he's got the money and he's got a little bit more pressure, and Edmonton's the same way as Toronto. They love you, winner tie. <laughs> and uh, they had great expectations after last year. And unfortunately, that defensive core has got to play a little bit stronger in front of him. Now, he's got to be better. He'll be the first one to admit. And again, it's not going to get any easier tonight because I was a part of that Carolina Hurricanes team last year. And one thing they do, they throw pucks at the net from everywhere. They've got great speed. They've got great structure. Freddie Anderson's healthy. So it's not like you're coming back against an easy team to try and get your game in order. But he's just got to build on that mental toughness factor. You can tell the way after that first win, the comeback win, that the guys already love him. Hyman knows what he's all about, but you can see how McDavid and Dreisaitl and the players starting to really appreciate him as a person. Got to perform on the ice. Yeah, and we know that Freddie Anderson performs against the Edmonton Oilers. 17-1-2 in his career against the Oilers. Uh, 17 wins, the most against any opponent. All right, before we let you go, Futsi, uh, I got to ask about the Vancouver Canucks. What the hell's going on there, and, and how does Bruce Boudreaux and that management group and those coaches keep this on the rails because if they go home 0-5, it could be ugly already. 
Well, that's what I was thinking about. It's going to be, and they're playing against a desperate team too, because Minnesota hasn't got wow. off to the way they want to get started in either. And it's it's again, but you got to you talk about teams and organizations. You want to learn from your mistakes. And last year, it cost Travis Reen his his job with a slow start. I mean, when they relied so much on Thatcher Demko, and again out of the gate. You know, even some of those those leads that they blew on the road, Demko was strict like the one game against Philadelphia. They were getting out shot like 13 to 2 after the first period and they were winning 2 nothing. So a little bit of a misleading factor. They've got to learn how to play better team defense. And it doesn't matter whether it's Bruce Boudreaux, you know, Daryl Sutter, whoever behind that bench, if you don't buy into playing defense as a team, because clearly, I mean, Jimmy Rutherford can sit back with all his cups and he's deserved them all. But for him to be addressing now the fact that this team's mentally fragile, that they've got a very adequate defense, which isn't a very glowing, glowing remark. If you want to take that next step, it starts in goal. It starts with strength down the middle, which they clearly have an offense. But you've got to have a balanced defensive unit. And right now, I don't see them addressing a regular partner for Quinn Hughes, who needs a steady partner to teach him how to win. And there's just way too much running on going around in their own zone. It's a recipe for disaster. They've got to buy into safe defense before they just throw off the offensive of wind. Uh, that, that wasn't a perm. That was a natural curl that I had back in the day. But, but it was it, good looking. It was it, good. But it was also like 26 years ago. So <laughs> it hasn't been that long, all right, my dude? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't take a shot at Jesse Rubinoff because he's not here, but what a pleasure having Tabby here, and you know you're my favorite. Uh, great catching up with you, my dude. Uh, let's do this again soon. And I would say when I had hair, had hair, but we, we all know nothing's going to happen there. Okay, thanks. Thanks, my friend. Good. Uh, Mike Fuda, former Thank assistant you, GM in LA. You make up for with the like Kings. the hair on your face. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to distract people from the lack of hair on my head with the hair on my face. Okay, <laughs> so that, I got. Is that what you're trying to do? I don't know what the hell I'm trying to do. To be honest with you, you're trying to segue right now. I, I'm not. Oh. I'm actually going to follow up with a stat on the Vancouver Canucks. Let's go. Super stat or meaningless number. This from Sportsnet Stats at SN Stats on Twitter. Time holding a lead this season. The Canucks, 135 minutes, 8 seconds. The Wild, 0. Oh, wow. And both of them have no wins. On That's the a tremendous stat. A salute to Stephen A. Felon and that crew. That is unbelievable. We'll see if the Canucks can get off the schneid. Because if they don't, you've been in that market enough. You know how fickle and tough those fans can be. Yes. If they go back Remember, without a win. Remember, they burned cars when they lost in the finals. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. If they go back without a win, there's going to be some hell to pay in that home opener against the Sabres. Agreed. Right. They'll, they'll get it together. Good vibes only, baby. Good vibes on a Thursday, Tim McAuliffe. All right, all right, let's stay with the good vibes. When we come back, will you stick around? Yes, I will. Will you do game time with us? Let's go. All right. Our final break, game time up next. Kevin. Cabby, we'll get you set for a night chock full of sporting goodness as we establish. Happy Sports Equinox to you and yours. Tim and Friends continues. The Sports Equinox means that game day is busier than a mosquito at a nude beach. Wow. All seven Canadian teams in that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of open land there. Four of them are on the Malaria Sportsnet family channel. Malaria for everyone. Probably shouldn't joke. Three of them nationally. People get it's a joke. I hope they get it's a joke. They should get it's a joke. We've also got game two of the ALCS on Sportsnet East and one is the Astros try and take a two nothing series lead to New York. As if that weren't enough, how about some curling for your viewing pleasure? You can see that on SN West and Sportsnet 360. It is Tim McAuliffe, Cabral Richards, and Kevin Mickey closing out another award-eligible edition of Tim and Friends. Cab, I have seen video of you curling, have I not? Yeah. 
Are you any good? No. No. I'm horrendous. <laughs> no. Bro. Come on. That was in 2002, and I haven't gotten better. <laughs> no. Who did you curl with? Uh, I believe it was Mike Smith, not the former Premier of Ontario. Mike Harris. Mike, Mike Harris. Harris. Yeah, Thank you. Mike, Mike Smith's goalie. I got you. I got you. Right, because Mike Whenever Harris was also a Whenever we screw up names, Cab and I, it is always another athlete <laughs> who you screw up the name with. So Mike There's Harris is who you were, you were curling with. We're not cultured enough to go outside of the uh, the confines of the of cathedral sport. of sports. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, 2002. Horrible, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. It's like fun. Playing. Yeah. Playing. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Harder than it looks. Way harder. Way harder yeah. than it looks. All right, let's get you set for an extremely busy night with a little thing we call game time. From cab to cliff. Love you, Steve. And there you have it. As we just mentioned, game two of the American League Championship Series is going on this evening in Houston. And one Astros super fan. Uh, you know, not writing on this. Mattress Mac. Cabby knows him. I do. Personally, like a minute. You may have oh, heard yeah. of him in the yeah. past making huge sports bets. Well, the furniture store owner at it again. He's claiming he's made 10 mil in wagers, which would pay out 75 million if the Astros do capture the World Series. He also ties this into promotions for his store, saying if the Astros do win it all, certain customers, they get free furniture. He also, that's, and that's the back. whole business model is tying that's, it into selling mattresses. Yeah, yeah. There's some you, fuzzy math there. Are you are you buying a mattress from Mattress Mac? I am not. Oh. Really? He's, he's a lovely is man. Is it true? He's is, a lovely man. I, like, no, so, so you know me. I'm the ultimate pessimist. Are you ever? <laughs> I don't believe a word of what this dude says. Is is no no. Like we, are there like, 75? I understand he ties it to the business, but does he have like a ticket? 10 mil. No, no, you got to go to different books. You got to yeah. sprinkle around. Because they like only a few places will take that kind of action. Right. So you got to go to like Curacao. But he's actually <laughs> doing that. Yeah, he went. Uh, a salute to um, to uh, Greg Ivory and Sam and those dudes at BR, but they went to the Kentucky Derby with him where he wagered four and a half mil, and you have to, like they went to like the special concierge service or whatever. What? But he's from Houston, diehard. Yeah, he, I know. That. I mean, the Astros have been to six straight ALC, and he's wagered in seven figures on every one of those uh, of the times that the Astros went to the World Series, oh. which is three and lost every time, yeah. except for 2017. We didn't know him in 17. They won in 17. Salute to. If that a competitive so, advantage. Is, is he up in units then? Oh, like, I think he's down heavy. I was gonna say, I feel like every time I hear this guy, he's, he's made a bet and then the bet loses. Yeah, I would say it's Bama and the national championship, and they get Molly whopped by LSU, and it's Clemson, and or, or last year was Georgia. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think he's down. If but I he, were like this, like, hey, Houston this year, this might be it. If I were him, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, you're not going to see like, I couldn't do that. No, the, the no. stress, the stress of me. watching those games yeah. with that much money on it Remember, would kill he's, me. He's made it on the back end. Right. Yeah, yeah. Gents, I want to get to this. Let's go to the NHL. As we mentioned, all seven Canadian teams in action this evening. NHL releasing today their reverse retro jerseys okay. for all 32 yeah. NHL teams. Now, there's a lot to take in with these. Let's go through the Canadian teams. We're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs, it's a bit of an homage to 1962. We got a thumbs up, thumbs down from this. I like the hoodie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. No, yeah. I, I like it because it's not too far out there, and I find they try and go too far out there on these. This is a classic. And then the next, we have the Sens, which to me kind of just looks like their current jersey. Yeah, it just yeah, looks like the, the Sens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, okay how about the Habs? Oh, ah, with the baby this. blue? Okay. So this, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on this right away. Timmy, you mentioned it. Yeah, this is a hat, this is a hat tip for the Expo. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I think this looks pretty, like the Expos, and I cool. think that's kind of cool. Alberta, we have the Flames. Not a lot of love for these ones, I'm seeing. With the diagonal stripe, that's interesting. Uh, 
looks like a, a nice fold. Go a little further north, then we have a homage oh, to the Trinity from the mid 2000s. The gear is back. The yeah. gear. Ah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that one? Okay, ah, okay. Right. okay. Salute to my career. The Canucks, this is a real throwback, the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, they've been I'm screaming in. for this for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then last fire. but not least, the Winnipeg Jets. An homage this, this as is clean. well. This is clean. I, I rock with this one. All, All right. Let so me, can we get the California teams? Because those I thought were those, really good too. Those ones are hot as hot can be. California okay. Seals. The California Golden Shards. Seals. Yeah, yeah. With the I, LA Chargers colors. Talk about Ooh, language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, yeah. love the Kings. The Marcel Dion Kings. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Little Beaver. Uh, and then cut or uncut the Seattle Kraken. Remember, year two of their existence. <laughs> yeah. And they already have a, a, a throwback. Yeah, a retro. A retro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. That does it for us, kids. Uh, enjoy the sports equinox, however you choose to celebrate with you and yours. Have a great night, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. We hope we can use the ratings. Thank you, Cap. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.